0: Welcome to the movie planet everybody this week we are doing an in-depth look at the jurassic park franchise leading up to fallen kingdom which just came out this past weekend we released our first show jurassic park on the movie playground it was our very first show ever so the quality of it is pretty bad we kind of got the hang of things by the time we started doing the rest of the movies with jurassic park 2 the lost world and now this one jurassic park 3 So we hope that you enjoy the show and uh, get a giggle out of it. Maybe learn a little something about how this franchise came to continue to be a franchise. Good luck and enjoy. I have a a proposition I'd like to discuss with you. I've chartered an airplane to fly us over Isla Sorna, and we'd like you to be our guide. We'd love to make a contribution to your research here. It could almost be paradise. Paradise. I got it. Forgotten. We have a landing strip up here. You cannot land on this island. Oh my God!
1: But in this forbidden place, where man has tampered with nature, this is how you make dinosaurs. This is how you play God. Something
0: unexpected has evolved.
1: They can talk to each other
0: to a degree we never imagined. On July eighteenth. You probably won't get off this
1: island alive. It's not just a walk in the park. They set a trap. They actually set a trap.
0: This week, we are continuing our Jurassic Park journey as we tackle the third movie, Jurassic Park 3. Starring Sam Neill as Dr. Alan Grant, William H. Macy as Paul Kirby, Taya Leone as Amanda Kirby, Alessandro Nivolo as Billy Brennan. I have never seen this guy before. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Morgan as Eric Kirby, Michael Jeter as Udesky, John Deal as Cooper, Bruce Young as Nash, and Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Sadler. Yep. This is the smallest cast list I've ever seen. It was a small cast list. There's nobody in this movie, it seems like. Like, everybody ran for the hills. And that's sad because I think this had a way better story to tell than yes. 2. This had, this had a good story. It this, just
1: was not executed well.
0: This movie, before it even started production, was already doomed. Because of 2. It was made for $93 million, which is... Oh, even that seems high. It's the most of all three movies. Whoa! <laughs> It only brought in 368 million worldwide, which is the least amount of all three movies. See, it's bad. I don't think it's... Wor- I personally
1: don't think it's worse than Lost World, but it is still pretty bad. Well,
0: and here we go. Uh, some have considered this the weakest movie of the four, whereas others think that the Lost World is the weakest. of a Back and forth, depends on what you're feeling like. I agree with them. Uh, but it's clear that this dinosaur series is in decline by the end of this movie. Yes. The first movie cost 63 to make, made 914 million. Yep. The second movie, 73 to make, so they upped it another $10 million and made $300 million less. Yeah. So 618, still a respectable amount. Yep. This one, they, they gave it 20 more million dollars.
1: What did they spend the money on?
0: And it made almost $250 million less than Lost World. What the hell did they spend the money on? Great question. Because uh, if it's
1: the CGI, they we'll, we'll, we'll need their money back.
0: It is also the shortest of all three movies that we've seen so far. Yeah, Jurassic Park logged in two hours and seven minutes. The Lost World was two hours and nine minutes. And this one was an hour and 32 minutes. This was a TV movie.
1: This was a TV
0: movie. <laughs> uh, some, there's only three things of trivia I could find for this movie that actually seem interesting. Okay. When Grant asks Billy how he would classify the Spinosaurus, Billy says, It's a super predator and immediately suggests Suchomimus. Grant says, think bigger, and Billy suggests Baryonyx. In in reality, Baryonyx was only about two-thirds the size of Suchomimus, which in turn was about two-thirds the size of Spinosaurus. Not nearly big enough to be a super predator. Regardless of this fact, Billy still got his dinosaur sizes badly out of order. Yeah, he did. Isn't he supposed to be a paleontologist?
1: Yeah, but he is a student. Like, he's, he definitely comes off as, as uh, Dr. Grant's star pupil. Yeah. But, but
0: it's Dr. Grant. I mean, he picked make, this guy. to know. You make stupid mistakes. Dr. Grant says that the last thing he said to Billy was, you're as bad as the people who made this. He really said, Billy, no, before he jumped and opened his parachute. That was the last thing he said. That was true. <laughs> and in one sequence, this, this is the one that I caught right away. The Spinosaurus, while pursuing the main characters, smashes through a huge metal reinforced fence to get to them. Seconds later, the main character was run into a small wooden hut and the Spinosaurus can't get in. How can he smash a uh, steel fence open and yet not even be able to am- damage a wooden hut? So I actually had that thought as well.
1: <laughs> when, I watched, when I watched it, I thought that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to say the gate sort of rusted a little bit because it was out in the weather and we'll go with that. And this was somewhat <laughs> covered, but I also was like, seriously? So I mean I know you just showed us closing all the locks like the ten locks there, but yeah, you can't tell me that amount of steel is less than the <laughs> amount of steel that you put into that fence. I know. Was this a
0: movie you were looking forward to watching when it first came out? Uh, I didn't even know about it.
1: Okay, I, I did not know that Jurassic Park Three was a thing until I saw the DVD in a store. Mm. Like mm. yeah, somehow I missed all of that. Was it a movie I was looking forward to watching? Yes, and I think I said this last week in the Lost World. When I think Jurassic Park, I always think the original and Jurassic Park 3. Okay. And I, saw, I remember seeing Jurassic Park 3 a lot. I actually got the DVD, and I remember watching it pretty regularly, so I had like happy memories of it and remember liking it. So when we were going to do it for the podcast, mm-hmm. I was actually super excited to watch it.
0: Yeah, you have been talking it up for like the last couple of weeks. So as soon we started Jurassic Park, where well, uh, we started alluding to Jurassic Park, yeah. I remember you saying, I can't wait to get to JP3.
1: Yeah, because I liked it. Whoa. It almost, I want to go back in time, like, what the f*** was I thinking?
0: Boy, this is before you went to see it. This is the hype train for yourself. That's true, yeah. For me, I thought, hey, I returned to the island. Awesome. Yep. Loving it. Yes, please. And when this came out, I was excited. I loved the dinosaurs, and I like, and I, like many, helped pack the theater. The opening weekend when this came out and i remember sitting in my chair just going all right we're gonna fix this thing we're gonna fix this thing it's gonna get fixed right now i can't wait this got sam neil in it and doesn't have malcolm uh okay so they can only get the one actor not the other one and then Clubs, i realized I that they can't work with each other i wanted to sit there and go wow you put the less charismatic character in this one great
1: see i like neil
0: and i like, I like malcolm
1: uh, yeah i like sam neil yeah Which may be the reason I like this one more than Lost World 2.
0: Well, here we go. Young Eric Kirby is tandem parasailing with his mom's boyfriend, Ben Hildebrand, near a lush island west of Costa Rica. Not just a lush island. They actually tell you it's Isla Sorna right away. They do. Yeah, the tow boat drives through a mist, and the tow line is jerked several times. Emerging from the mist, the two men operating the boat are gone. So the boat crashes into the rocks. The, and the parasail- boat's covered in blood too. The parasailers unhook their line from the boat and try to control their descent to the uninhabited island. As a parent, yes, would you send your boy with somebody else to go visit Dinosaur Land?
1: No. That presence is very, very hard for me to believe.
0: It's very difficult to believe, but I'm liking where it's starting.
1: It's hard for me to believe that I would do it. Is it hard for me to believe that there are parents that would do it? Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, And and the other thing that's totally believable—I would totally—or no, totally believable—is I would totally believe that there are people that are trying to make bank off of having businesses around the island without ever going close enough. So this whole premise that they're parasailing beside the Dinosaur Island, completely get that. Because I, I could see people charging bank and people
0: being daredevilish enough to want to do it. But here's the thing. If you're allowing the boats to get that close and there's clearly problems yeah. when you're not even on the coast, then when they fly the plane over and they get the the people warning them to get away, the plane's clearly farther away than the boat is at that point. Yeah. Why are they allowing that and not that? I... Uh, yeah, okay. that that's storytelling. They, the other, the they other thing is to create drama. What the hell killed the people on the boat? Yeah, because we haven't seen a water dinosaur. No, are we to assume that this and spinosaurus the t- later on can swim and got in the boat and then walked away? And the and the ter- uh, pterodactyls couldn't have gotten out of their cage yet because we hadn't left the door open yet until yeah. Grant does that later. So already there's a few things. But here's the thing: it's an interesting premise. Parasailing, you get the mist in there. It's yeah. it's. You know, this world.
1: felt more like a scary movie. Like this, they were trying to jump scare people.
0: Yeah, well, different director. It's Joe Johnston this time. Yeah, you know, it's not Spielberg. Uh, in another part of the world, Alan Grant is visiting his old partner, Dr. Ellie Sattler, who, since the first movie, has gotten married and has a little boy named Charlie, who affectionately calls Alan the Dinosaur Man. I like Charlie. Alan and Ellie talk about new research findings about Velociraptors, including the fact that they were smart, like really smart. Like Goodwill Hunting, smart apparently.
1: <laughs> apparently, uh, yeah.
0: Like smart, that boy's smart. Yep. Uh, after the discussion, Ellie tells him to call her if he needs anything. Uh, wh- why? I don't know.
1: Maybe she's worried about him. Uh, see, I didn't. I didn't get the sense that she foresees him going back to the island. I think she foresees him being trouble because. Obviously, something happened to them where they broke up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she still cares about him, and when she tells him to call her anytime, she still cares about him, and he's, in her mind, he's not taking care of himself. He's either pushing away all of the people that want to talk about Jurassic Park, his career may be dying, and Mm -hmm. she's, obviously, she's gotten out of paleontology, she's still doing books and stuff, but she's sort of the stay-at-home mom, consultant, it seems, and I think she's just worried that he's by himself and he
0: doesn't have anybody. Well, and that's the hard thing to believe is that he says in that conversation, he says, paleontology is like a dead career at this point because of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right? But then in his, when he's in his next thing, he's saying, those are not dinosaurs. They're monsters. Yeah. They're, mon- they're, they're dinosaurs and amphibian DNA. Yeah. That's what they are. And, and so technically, paleontology should be,
1: be th- on the rise. Be
0: thriving right now. No, you're correct. I get it. Uh, so we have, I think the scene would work better after he decides to join the tour. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, because he doesn't have to worry about landing, but he can sit there saying, listen, we have found these things out and she can say, if anything happens, give me a call.
1: Yeah, that makes more sense. I, the way it goes, I I read it as more of a social thing and not, uh, okay, you're about to die.
0: Yeah, right, right. It's kind of, you know, it's been a while since you probably seen the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. it's been a while since I did, and I kind of went into it with one perspective. You came up with another one, so we have like both yeah. going here. Alan is garnering scant interest in his latest auditorium lecture, speculating on sonic abilities and thus possible communication between raptors because his lecture audience only wants to ask about his experiences at Jurassic Park or the San Diego Tyrannosaurus incident, which he had no part of. <laughs> which he even <laughs> says in his answer, Yeah. yeah. In one answer, he states that nothing could induce him to return to the dinosaur islands.
1: Yeah, as soon as you say never or nothing, the movie always has to cut to, well, now we're going to show you the thing that will get you there.
0: Or you think to yourself, we're going to have something that's so, like, he has to be there, that he has to go. Yeah. Like, Ellie Sattler gets kidnapped and taken to the island. Okay, here comes Dr. Alan Grant. That would make sense. That's what I'm expecting to come up. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> on a desert airfield junkyard, men for hire Cooper and M.B. Nash test out a powerful large caliber weapon while booking agent Mr. Udesky reassures Mr. Kirby by phone that he, was hire- that he has hired the best team and that everything will be taken care of.
1: This Do you need the scene? No. <laughs> but I, apparently the scene was supposed to set up that something's going on that we don't know about. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But
0: even sh- so, on the phone, you can hear William H Macy talking on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> why? Why would you do that as a director?
1: I, uh,
0: realism, maybe. I don't. Know. I don't know. The only thing I liked was they had this great gun that they never used once. It blew up a big-ass plane, but never used it again.
1: And it was on Cooper's back when he goes into the forest. Mm-hmm. But when he comes running out of the forest, it's magically gone.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's in the stomach of the Spinosaurus. It must
1: be in the stomach of the Spinosaurus.
0: Like that. <laughs> we'll
1: that is that. stuck in my head. <laughs> we'll been, get to that. <laughs> it's been stuck in my head ever
0: since. <laughs> I did that one time. It'll be stuck in a lot of listeners' heads for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Returning to the dig site, Alan tells his assistant Billy that their funding is running out. Billy shows him a model he's created of the sounding space in a raptor skull. It produces an eerie noise when he blows through it. And it does sound creepy. It does. They are interrupted by Paul Kirby, played by William H. Macy, who invites them to dinner. Billy accepts on behalf of a reluctant Alan. At dinner, Adventurous Paul and Amanda Kirby ask Alan to be their guide in a flight over Isla Sorna, the second island of Jurassic Park, and offer a generous donation to continue funding the dig.
1: Actually, no, they call it Isla, or ne- er, Isla, the first one. Should we call it Isla or Isla? I always thought it was Isla.
0: Let's call it Isla, because it's Isla Fisher, right? E- yeah. Yeah, the wife corrected me on that one. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, she did.
1: The island is Isla, but it's Isla Fisher. That's oh, is man. it? It's oh, so I-, I
0: said it wrong the first time, and she yeah. corrected me on that one.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's Isla Fisher.
0: So thank you, the wife. I there appreciate that. I, nah, I'm still getting things wrong. My bad, wife.
1: Anyway, anyway, <laughs> in, in the movie, they want to go to the first island because when they finally land and crash, Al- er, Billy's like, well, you've been here before. And he's like, no, this is the second island. I've never been here before.
0: Yeah. So Which, th- wouldn't they know that? You would think. Okay, so let me get this straight. Grant says nothing's going to get him on this island. Yes. Some guy shows up, meets them in a bar. Yep. Says Claims to have a lot of money. Claims to have a lot of money. Nobody checks up on this dude. Nope. Nobody waits for a check to clear. Yeah. and So that, that was another thing that bugged me. So that check you gave us, you didn't cash it before? Yeah. He asked one question to debunk everything, and that was the K2 question. Yes. Yeah, and it was like you couldn't have asked that at the bar yeah, but then we wouldn't have had a movie. But Oh, oh no. <laughs> we go from Lost World to Jurassic World. I think we win. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay. A small plane flies over the water towards Isla Sorna. Where is it? Isla?
1: Isla Sorna. Isla Sorna. <laughs> Isla's the girl's name. <laughs> Isla's the name of the island.
0: Okay. Billy sorts his camera equipment, explaining to Alan how the camera bag once saved his life in a gliding incident. That means we got foreshadowing. It's going to happen again. Some, yep. Alan falls asleep and wakes up to see the plane empty of people and a talking velociraptor.
1: This is so f***ing <laughs> dumb. Uh, yeah, I have <laughs> no
0: idea what the point
1: of this scene was. Unless they're really trying to hammer home, hey guys, we think velociraptors
0: talked. Got it. A talking I don't Veloc- care. Calling his name. Alan. Alan. And it's... It's, it just looks so stupid. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, what, what, why? Why do you have that in this? At least have the, maybe. Do you want to know honestly? Yes, I think please. That, I, I don't know.
1: I think they're trying to make kids laugh. Because <laughs> kids love dinosaurs. Even though they're, like, the boy watched a couple scenes with me. And when the spinosaurus starts tearing into the plane, he is screaming. I mean, full voice at the TV. No dinosaur. No, no dinosaur.
0: Bad. No dinosaur. I almost want for Halloween to get a dinosaur head and just walk around going, Alan. Alan, Alan. <laughs> that'll be my costume. There you go. Uh,
1: <laughs> as they get, but yeah, l- I, I think they were. I think some of the small gimmicky stuff yeah. is to make kids laugh because you know kids saw this movie. Yeah. Even though apparently clearly this was too young for kids. So <laughs> and by the way, for all those people listening, I did have my kid leave. I stopped the scene <laughs> and I had him. Leave. Parent so, of the year over so, there. So yes. Yeah, so don't so start calling <laughs> child services on me. <laughs>
0: Uh, as they get over the land, the Kirbys and the crew start anxiously looking out the windows, while Alan innocently tries to point out the paleontological sites. Why well, I got that out. I'm I, was, I was impressed you said that. When he realizes they intend to land, Alan rushes towards the cockpit to stop them, and one of the men knocks him unconscious. Uh, Where was Billy? Apparently, just, uh, <laughs> what's
1: going on, everybody?
0: When he awakens, they're on the ground shouting in the brush for someone named Eric. Alan tells them the shouting is bad, which they should know. Which, ironically, <laughs> what is the one thing they all do throughout this movie?
1: Shout at the top of their lungs. <laughs>
0: that's all they hear in this movie.
1: That's all they do throughout <laughs>
0: the entire movie. Hey, that's bad. But we're going to keep doing it every time we go to a new area. Uh, they hear a loud growling. Billy thinks it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Alan says it's something bigger based on the growl, which for a guy who doesn't, hasn't seen these dinosaurs, is an awfully big assumption to make. Well, but It didn't seem like a bigger growl than the Tyrannosaurus Rex.
1: Well, no, I can kind of buy this, and it's and it's simply from this. Um, I've heard uh, animals growl around the farm and stuff, mm-hmm. and the only way I can describe it is the deeper it is, it's usually the bigger the animal. Okay. And so I can kind of get him saying, no, it sounds bigger just because of the chill it sends down your back. Like, if I hear a growl, I can pretty much tell, okay, that's probably a coyote or that may be a bear. And if it's a bear, I'm running. If it's a coyote, he's going to leave me alone. Fair enough. So, I mean, and I could be completely wrong, but that's no, that's sort of the basis I'm taking with
0: that. I one. guess the first time I heard a Tyrannosaurus Rex growl in Jurassic Park, it was so <laughs> much it was guttural. It shook the TV, shook yeah. the movie theater. This one didn't seem to do that. It was kind of like just in the like
1: Yeah, I see what you're
0: saying. Yeah. So, if
1: they were really doing it, they should have done it a little bit more authentically.
0: As the group rushes the board the plane uh, <laughs> they notice Cooper's missing, which that guy got far down the runway in that limited time that they were on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so shots are fired in the brush. They start the plane and rev down the runway when a bleeding, injured Cooper suddenly appears in the path, waving and sobbing for them to stop. Felt bad for the dude at this point. I, was like, I did, too. Yeah, and there's like, oh, the runway. I'm like, stop the plane and just put the guy on and get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Pilot Nash knows he can't stop, and suddenly a huge dinosaur emerges from the trees and devours Cooper, spattering blood on the plane as it tries to avoid a collision. With the fuel line severed, the plane crashes through the jungle, losing wings and tail before finally stopping up in a tree.
1: We haven't quite landed yet.
0: No, we have not. And I think this happened once in another movie. Jurassic Park, with the car in the tree. Yep. hmm So, as the group is recovering their nerves, they find the radio is broken and try to use Paul's satellite phone to call for help, but can't get through. Nash securely snaps the phone into a vest pocket. Moments later, the front of the plane is torn away by a tall dinosaur who grabs Nash, screaming. Here's more screaming. Yeah. He falls to the ground, but the dinosaur scoops him up and eats him. This was a cool scene.
1: I, the thing is, is when you see the up-close dinosaur interacting, I mean, you can tell it's a puppet, but it actually looks pretty decent. Yeah. The CGI of the Spinosaur? I'm sorry, Jurassic World still, or Jurassic Park still holds up. Yeah.
0: These, it, it doesn't look like we went very far. It didn't even match up with the actions of the puppet that they would have in there.
1: No. It was rough.
0: So the monster returns its attention to the plane. Everyone rushes up to the rear. That sounded funny. That did. <laughs> Causing the wreck to overbalance and fall to the ground. Causing a rectum to follow. And Sorry, I shouldn't have gone with that. Wrecked him, damn near killed him. (laughs) There you Um, go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are five-year-olds.
0: The dinosaur rolls the fuselage over and over, tumbling the occupants and finally tears a hole in the side. As it pokes its snout inside, they run away and encounter a feeding Tyrannosaurus Rex. Just happened to be there also. Yep. As it pokes its snout inside, they... Okay, that was it. Alan orders everyone to hold still, but of course, they're stupid, they all run. And they all start running, yep. The two giant dinosaurs meet, then duel it out as the humans flee again. During the battle, the larger dinosaur snaps the neck of the tyrannosaur, and that's the end of the movie. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nope, I'm afraid not. No, that should have been the end of the movie. It would have worked, yes. Yeah. You had your big bad from the first movie, and now he's going against a bigger one, and the bigger one wins the end. Quick. But it's not. Instead, Alan barely escapes the scene alive. But they
1: do fix that in Jurassic World, because you have the cool fight scene and then end movie.
0: Yes. That's how they corrected it right there. It just took him, what, 15 years to do it? That's true. Finally, given some breathing room, Alan's punch knocks Paul to the ground. Alan just knocks the motherfucker out. Well, yeah, I would have (laughs) too. Which I'm kind of surprised it took this long, but I guess they were in survival mode.
1: They were. Yeah. And then uh, Taya Leone has her couple lines. But I got to say, and please don't, like, throw... Uh,
0: Misogynistic comments toward me, but what is her point in the movie? Her point is to play the dumb damsel in distress. That's what this and, whole and that's that how she is used.
1: And that pisses me off because, good lord! I mean, God, that's just such a bad. It, she did feel like the white damsel escaping Kong
0: every the whole time. Every action or line she has in this movie is
1: a problem. Until and then they give her a moment with the raptor eggs. I know I'm getting ahead, but yeah. But up to then, I'm like, so you are the whole reason. Your, your sole job is to move the plot along by doing stupid stuff. But boy, that does a horrible she job. Is,
0: she is a human MacGuffin in this movie.
1: I was going to say that, but I didn't say it because you were going to yell me for using it wrong. But I That's was going to say she was the it. MacGuffin.
0: That's how you use it. It's a plot device that moves the plot along throughout the movie. That's what I've said. No, it's not what you have said in the past. <laughs> All right, well, disgusted, Alan plans (laughs) with Billy to
1: head for the coast and hope for rescue rather than look for the boy and given limited chance for survival either way. The group follows along. Back at the crash site, the group salvages things for the hike, and Alan explains that the first dinosaur was the species Spinosaurus, specifically Spinosaurus aegypticus.
0: Impressive.
1: I try. Believed to be the largest and most dangerous predatory dinosaur that ever lived. Billy observes Paul fumbling with his backpack and confronts him about his adventurous claims, finding out he's not wealthy. <laughs> Kirby confesses that he's just a small businessman who owns a bathroom and tile store in Enid, Oklahoma. <laughs> this
0: has made me laugh because as they're walking away, he's like, "Hey, if you guys ever need like you know bathroom reworked, I, I can help you out there." Oh, I would have punched him again. <laughs>
1: Alan quickly deduces that the check that Kirby's gave him is worthless. Uh, The group finds the parasail and Eric's life jacket and video camera, which proves that Eric was still alive. But that Ben is dead. When they landed. (laughs) Yeah, that whole thing sort of threw me for a loop because Eric wouldn't have left him just hanging there unless he died in the crash. Yeah. Like, the only way that skeleton makes sense is if Ben died in the crash, but you can hear him talking on it. Or, actually, as I'm saying this, or... Unless they were attacked by something like he falls to the ground and then they 're the, attacked, they say the camera 's off they 're attacked, and while he 's being killed in the while he 's still hanging there, Eric gets away. That actually is maybe how that works yeah <laughs> all right, uh, Alan suggests to keep the parasail for later use, but as they, actually it was uh not Alan, it was uh Billy Billy who said to keep the parasail for later use. Uh, Ben's rotting corpse swings down and entangles Amanda. Hysterical, she runs to a nearby stream, and as Paul comforts her, she explains she's more concerned for Eric than Ben. So not only f- f- <laughs> not only is this a movie where they lied about how they got there, but now all of a sudden this is going to save their marriage. Like you can see the writing on the wall.
0: But that's the problem is that you what? Just, this woman's boyfriend... Who we're going to assume she loves because she trusted she, him yeah. to take the boy And now to she doesn't care land. at all? And yeah. What?
1: No, that was bull**** <laughs> too.
0: But unfo- like, There's a lot of not caring about deaths in this movie. tay Te- Leone, I'm sure, just did
1: what she was told. But, I mean, the directions they give her and the character they created for her, wow, they, she got screwed over. Yeah. Uh, they call Alan over and he sees dinosaur eggs in several nests along the river. Raptor, he whispers, and the group quickly moves on. Alan notices Billy's absence and has to go back for him. When he finds Billy, he explains that he lagged behind a bit to photograph the raptor nest. Okay.
0: Foreshadowing. Let me just say first, I loved... This reminded me of another movie we did where it was like a series of good ideas, but horribly done. Horribly execution. You know, he looks around, he sees the egg piles, and he's like... And there's also, this is another movie with good shots. Yeah. But not so good in between. Well, there's one shot that people will laud and I just it looks like a cartoon. It's when they're on the river and they yeah. look over. It,
1: yeah. yeah, that's, it just, unfortunately though, that works because I love that music. When that music comes on, mm-hmm. I was missing that in Lost World. That theme, I just love that John Williams Jurassic Park theme. They find the park building complex and go inside, but a shadow of a raptor runs past a window. Billy smashes a candy machine while Paul was fumbling for change from a 10. <laughs> God,
0: which, idiot. by the way, all
1: that food would not be edible. It no. would have been
0: melted at this point.
1: You would hope at this point. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, as they uh, continue to walk, they make it into the incubation room. Amanda walks past tanks seeing bigger and bigger dinosaur fetuses until she sees a full-grown head. As she gets a closer work, uh, a look, very intrigued, a raptor jumps out from behind the tank. <laughs> Another jump scare. Uh, They run into a cage area where the raptor pins Amanda and uh, Billy behind a cage door, but when it sniffs the air upward and begins to climb, they push the door around and trap it itself. Outside, the raptors scream to each other. Alan leads the humans into the brachiosaur herd, but the herd starts running. They people are occasionally knocked down, knocked around. Billy drops his old camera bag. Alan miraculously picks it up right at the right time. <laughs> Udesky falls. Udesky runs. Udesky, Udesky falls hit. again. Udesky's hit by a raptor as they're waiting for him, and all of a sudden punches a claw into his back and leaves. <laughs> Billy, Paulette, and Amanda climb a tree, but when they spot Udeski and he calls out to them, he starts to move, and Amanda feels they should jump down and rescue him. She moves towards him because, of course, every decision she makes is brilliant. <laughs> she slips, ends up swinging down from the, the tree, and two raptors jump up at her while the third one steps back on Udesky's back and breaks his neck.
0: They climb the tree. Yes. They're running away from raptors. Yes. They see the dead body of Udesky.
1: No, he's not dead at that well, point. Well,
0: they assume he's dead. They, they assume he he's dead. He moves his arm, and she immediately, and the other two guys are just kind of sitting there going, This is a trap. Yeah. The they raptor know. set up a trap for Nobody us. Nobody grabs her. He just starts going. She falls three or four times because, you know, she's not much of a climber. And
1: here's the other thing. I noticed she always falls a lot. Mm-hmm. And do you notice the guys, they're very touchy-feely with her whenever they're grabbing and rolling her around. Like, I wonder how Ta Leone felt during the shooting of this.
0: Probably, <laughs> Probably like, wondering why she signed on for a script that was never really written. Exactly. But as I'm watching this, I'm like, <laughs> do those gentlemen know where they're placing their hands yeah. over and over
1: again in all of these different scenes. I mean, maybe it was legit, like, mistake, but I just have to almost say to her, I'm like, huh, I hope you got paid for this movie.
0: Well, there is also another thing that I noticed, and normally this wouldn't bother me, but every female in this is sexualized. Oh, yes. Ellie is showing a lot of midriff at the very beginning. Yes. Uh, and in she's this in, one, like, sexy we get, we, clothes. She's yeah. taking off her shirt. Taya Leone's taking off her shirt, you know. and There's the guy, no need for that scene. That, There's
1: no need for that scene at no all. There was no point. Yeah. I agree. All
0: right. Moving on. All right. Uh, You want me to do this or you?
1: Oh, I was having fun. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So Alan, during that that whole uh, escape with Udeski, Alan had been trapped by other raptors and is looking death in the face when suddenly gas canisters come flying from everywhere and a tiny (laughs) person in leaves comes out, grabs him, and pulls him away. It turns out to be Eric, amazingly alive.
0: And here I thought it was
1: a lost boy from Peter Pan. It did look like a lost boy. (laughs) Uh, He had gathered up supplies from the complex and using his own ingenuity to survive, had learned how to cope with the various dinosaurs. He had even read Alan's books and noticed that Alan liked dinosaurs before he visited Jurassic Park. And he didn't like the book after he found dinosaurs.
0: So when they run to the trailer, the door is open. They just climb in, right? Yes. So wouldn't have another animal gone in there at some point?
1: Especially the compies, because he instantly knows compies around. So yeah, yeah, that seemed a little bit bad. Spending time together, This so this goes to the separate scene. so now Alan and uh, Eric are getting to know each other. <laughs> Spending time together, Amanda blames herself for thrill-seeking with boyfriend Ben because Eric would have been safe at home with dependable and a bit dull Paul, uh, Macy, Macy's character. He tells her it's not her fault. Aww. All of this is not her fault. Aw, they are Relationship getting back together. Moments. Romance yeah. in the middle of, of
0: fest. But I, can I just say this? Driving five miles below the speed limit doesn't make you safe.
1: That makes you annoying to every driver on the planet. Not to mention, it's dangerous to do that.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> Eric and Alan uh, emerge from his hideout after compies have uh, run past, and Alan spots a boat down a canyon. So there was a cliff, just <laughs> happened to be really close, and the guy's been there for eight weeks, mm-hmm. never looked down the cliff, and saw the boat.
0: No, he made his way all the way to the uh, compound, and back. But, but, but he look never looked else. at
1: the <laughs> cliff that was right outside his door. Yeah. All right.
0: Anywho. <laughs> uh, Damn, kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, elsewhere, Billy explains to Amanda that they will not search for Alan because the agreed plan was to head for the coast. And Paul supports him by saying it's logical that the big dinosaurs will be in the center of the island, so they need to move to the coast. And that's probably where Alan's going. Well, Eric is
0: probably headed. That's what yeah. he's, He goes, yeah. well, Eric is probably going to do the same thing because he's smart. So while that conversation <laughs> goes on, in another place, Eric is
1: explaining to Alan that he wanted to stay near the compound because that's where people would look for him, and that he didn't want to follow them to the coast because that's where the dinosaurs get bigger. <laughs> Yay for kid proving student adults wrong. I do like that. I do love it when kids are smarter than adults. I think that's great. <laughs> Suddenly, Eric hears a noise. Ah. Oh, I had it wrong. Anyway. It was his dad's satellite phone, and he instantly recognizes it. And despite his eight weeks of living on his own and training, all of a sudden he starts screaming, Dad! Mom! Dad! Mom! Dad! Which we've been told every time you're not supposed to shout. Yeah, Alan's with the kid. Alan's with, and does he yell at the kid? Nope. Because we can't yell. Anywho. Uh, Alan and him uh, start running, and Eric uh, continues to run as uh, they run. The parents eventually also hear him running. or No, they don't hear him running. They hear him uh, screaming their name. They eventually meet up, but they meet up on opposite sides of a giant tall steel fence topped with spikes and lined with nylon cording.
0: This looks indestructible.
1: It does. It looks very, very intense. (laughs) After happy greetings, he mentions the satellite phone, and him and his parents realize that the last person to have it was Nash. Mm-hmm. And Nash had been eaten. So magically, they look over their shoulders, and what's standing there? The giant
0: Spinosaurus. Boy, it's sure to get there without making a sound, huh?
1: And he's just standing there, because that's what, you know, big dinosaurs do. They just stare and look at their prey while they have a conversation.
0: And when the conversation's over, then they decide to attack. What I was waiting at that moment for was a, a Spaceballs moment, where he takes a top hat out and a cane. And he just hello, starts, my baby, hello, hello my honey, dolly. hello, all right,
1: time, gal. <laughs> Alan quickly whispers, run, and they run along the fence, and magically there's a hole. They dive through the hole. The dino chases after them, can't fit through the hole, and backs up. But as they run towards this small little room, suddenly the dinosaur explodes through this incredibly not strong Steel fence <laughs> as they make for the nearby building the spinosaur crashes through the fence magically uh the group runs inside the building slams this large steel door shut locks 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 the door and it holds the dinosaur away
0: oh it's a wooden building right because but yeah. with a large steel door it had
1: a large steel door but
0: well, it's made of wood but it's a wooden but hut. that
1: fence i mean it was it was rusted there yeah you
0: go. Uh, thought, i'll be honest with you i thought it was gonna jump over the fence
1: yeah, actually,
0: that would have been cool to see. I would have loved. He to was see it. almost bigger than the fence, so yeah, he could have probably jumped over. It. Yeah, that would have been cool. And, and and not to get on a tangent here, but doesn't this dinosaur look like look a lot like the dinosaur we see in Jurassic World? Yes. yes the Indominus Rex.
1: Yes, it does.
0: It looks a lot like it.
1: It does. Huh. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Billy anxiously asks Alan repeatedly for his camera bag back. Dun dun dun. And then Alan, and he's doing this out of worry for Alan, but Alan thinking that Billy has uh, placed too much on, on, importance on his bag, opens it and finds two raptor eggs. Billy claims he bought or he grabbed the eggs to use the profits to fund their dig back home. Alan is livid but stops himself before throwing the eggs out the window. He explains that the raptors wouldn't realize they no longer had the eggs, so he keeps them, and he harshly tells Billy he is no better than the people who built this place.
0: This has one of my favorite lines in the movie, and that is, some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions.
1: It, that, and that's such a true line. Yeah, and I use that in class. When they said <laughs> that, when he said, Alan, I did this with the best intentions. you got to believe me. I honestly thought he was going to say the line, the road to hell was bricked with the best intentions. Yeah. But then he said his other thing. Well, he also,
0: there's another line where he, they, they ask him, what happens if uh, we have the eggs? And they goes, well, what happens if we don't?
1: Yeah, well, the same
0: a, thing will happen. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> one is either the other. When have the raptors in the last two movies ever shown mercy? Ever. They don't. But magically, they will later. Well, oh, they must have evolved over those three years. Because that happens. Yeah, we'll get into that problem.
1: Uh, as they descend the stairs to the canyon below, they find the curious screen platforms precarious. As they, uh, so they have to go one at a time. Alan and Amanda make it across this precarious bridge, but Eric is halfway across when Alan realizes that the deposit on the handrail is
0: bird excrement. That's bird for all of you fans out there. And they are actually in a
1: giant bird cage for pteranodons. Dinosaur Yay! train! Dinosaur train! Oh, fuck. Gonna ride, 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 ride the dinosaur train. Eric is picked <laughs> up by a mama bird and dropped on a cliff perch. Evidently, as food for the hatchling pteranodons. Apparently, Shiny uh, and Dawn and Tiny are going to eat baby Eric now. Of course, people only get this if they've seen Dinosaur Train. But anyway. I'm yeah,
0: going. I got a question for you. You're the mama and you've got food. Do you put it like on a separate thing than the babies, or do you put it in the middle of the babies? Usually, you put it in the middle of the babies. Okay.
1: That's what I thought, yeah. Uh Evident, uh, Billy is determined to save him, and as he is being screamed at not to go, no, Billy, no, he jumps off the bridge, uses the parasail, grabs Eric, and they continue to descend the canyon.
0: Which, hold on, if he f- drops with the, the parachute, do you instantly start flying? No, you continue to descend, yes, okay, just making sure, and there was.
1: How tall was that cliff for all of the things they were? Yeah. Seemed like miles. That, uh, <laughs> that whole parasailing thing was. Uh, Stupid.
0: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Eric, fall, Eric continues to. Eric falls and makes it to shore. There we go. But Billy's parachute plan. gets hung up on the side of a cliff face with an angry tarot har- harassing him. Amanda gets to Eric, but he is concerned for Billy and has to be pulled away to safety. Amanda and Eric leave through the gate, but it does not latch behind them. Billy manages to unbuckle his harness and fall into the water, but the flyers are quickly after him. Alan and Paul run down, but he yells at them to get away. A group of pteranodons are quickly after him, and the water around him runs red with blood. A pteranodon turns a hostile eye on the two men, and they beat a hasty retreat, plunging into the water and swimming out from under the cage wall. They Dramatic. They did it. They and made Bi- it. And Billy died saving everybody. And nobody says a f- word
1: about Billy's death. Not a thing.
0: Eric is the first one to say something like, I'm sorry about Billy. And Sam Neill doesn't even seem to give a fuck. like, The last thing I said to him was this. Then he goes into a lecture. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't get that he didn't give a He looks sad. He doesn't look sad at all. Oh, now
1: you're being a little bit cross. I think Sam Neill does very good of like acting with his face.
0: He doesn't talk about it. What he does, he turns it into a lecture moment for the kid about there's two kinds of people. This is what he was. What kind of person are you going to be? Okay. He does what he is. He is a teacher. He's not a teacher. He's a paleontologist. He does his lectures. That's not a teacher. Exactly, he lectures, and so
1: what he does is he experiences something he doesn't know how to handle it, and so he turns it into a moment
0: to teach. Not one person who supposedly dies in this movie, or who does die in this movie, is, is mor- mourned at all. You are correct. I agree. All
1: I am saying is don't go too harsh on Alan Grant's reaction. I think he. D- I'm not. I'm going harsh on the writers who wrote it. Oh, okay. That's you had, this is an I, hour and a half. You couldn't build that in somewhere? I think Sam Neill acted it out as Alan Grant probably would have. That's all I'm saying.
0: I think Alan Grant showed more concern, more concern for the people who died in Jurassic Park than in this movie. Well, maybe he's been jaded because, I don't know. All right, Maybe. Uh, The group boards the boat and pulls it away, and eventually Paul gets the motor running using his belt. He's got his belt. He's doing it. Yep, I saw that. Amanda seems impressed by his competence, which that's all it takes. (laughs) Eric gives his sympathies to Alan for Billy, and Alan expresses regret over his last words to Billy. He realizes that Billy was just young and that there are astronomers, watchers like paleontologists, and astronauts. It's the difference between between imagining and seeing. Yep. As day breaks, the boat glides past a spectacular field of dinosaurs. Oh, look at the I, the dinosaurs! Look horrible because the CGI is it bad, awful. But
1: it's a good scene because it's that movie theme.
0: It's, but the, that's the it's that
1: Jurassic Park movie theme.
0: It's not needed except to make you go, "Oh, maybe all dinosaurs are good. Maybe, maybe not all are bad. Maybe there's some good ones too." Look at this rainbow of effect of all these dinosaurs. What the f- are you doing?
1: Trying to say that not every dinosaur is bad. I, I completely believe that that's what they're trying to say.
0: But I'm watching this going, you do realize that they want to kill you too. They're herbivores. They're not going to try to kill you. They ran into the herd of them and they all ran off from them. Yeah. So you can look at the herd animals. It's just like a safari.
1: If you go, you stay away from the lions and the tigers.
0: Doesn't the one brachiosaur like rear its head down in a really bad CGI moment yes. at some point? Yeah, and... To sniff them.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the look, listeners! If you could see the look I
0: just got, I had no Dude. idea it I was, was with <laughs> uh, Dr. Sarah Harding from the last <laughs> film. The behavior—it it <laughs> was
1: awesome. <laughs> the look I just got was. Awesome. Pure disdain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just pure, unadulterated disdain. Well, like everything in these movies, it gets dark at a convenient time. It does. It's dark again, and Paul suddenly stops the boat to listen for a noise. It's the satellite phone once again. Can you make that sound? (laughs) No. What am I doing? I don't know what you're doing.
1: I have some tune stuck in my head. As their
0: eyes sweep the shore, they see large mounds of feces. Clearly, Nash and the phone have passed all the way through the spine sore. (laughs) And somehow it's survived gastrointestinal fluid. Yes. They bring the boat... Immaculate. It
1: is immaculate when it comes out.
0: Which makes you wonder where the gun is. Yeah. (laughs) They bring the boat to shore and shove their arms deep into the mounds because you need to have a scene where you're shoving your arms into shit in a Jurassic Park movie. Apparently, Pulling up bones and other items until the phone is discovered. Ignoring the timeshare caller, they take the phone... To their terror, a dinosaur suddenly pokes its nose into the area, only to walk away because they perhaps smell too badly to be eaten. What was the point of that?
1: I don't know what the point was, but it was an allosaur, and it was smelling the spinosaur, and it was like, yeah, I'm not going to deal with you, and just goes away.
0: Another pointless scene.
1: But it shows you another dinosaur.
0: <laughs> Look, they're not all bad. Yeah. Oh. Later, they're back on the boat, and it's raining. Okay, let's add rain to the mix. Yep. Paul explains there will only be enough juice in the battery for one call. Somehow they got two. How how does he know that? (laughs) Somehow they got two. And it definitely should not be to the U.S. Embassy. (laughs) Eric notices activity in the water. Alan says there are bonitos and wonders what has spooked them. Are bonitos supposed to be dinosaurs? I have no idea. Or little fish?
1: Yeah, I have no idea what a bonito is. Mm -hmm. I always thought... Bonito was a Spanish word for a little,
0: little boy or a little girl. That's a Nino. Nino, okay. Yeah. Uh, he orders Paul to get the engine running again and rapidly dials the satellite phone. Unfortunately, little Charlie picks up at the Sattler household. Alan tries to get him to take the phone to Ellie and reminds Charlie that he's the dinosaur man. Charlie goes to take the phone to his mom, but she's outside bidding his dad goodbye, and he can't open the door. So he gets distracted watching Barney on TV. I'm sorry. <laughs> that whole
1: scene, I loved it. I'm like, that is... That's so true. (laughs) That is so what would happen with a kid. (laughs) But the the only thing that's not believable, the kid would have hung up a long time ago.
0: Oh yeah. He would have dropped the phone or forgotten where it was. Exactly. But that I that's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing. I'll say this. Most of the times I would see this and be like, okay, ha, -ha, dinosaur film, and now you got a dinosaur thing. But Barney was huge back then. Oh my goodness, he was huge. He was watched no matter what. You couldn't just like you know, oh, it's a coincidence. That's what he would be watching. That is what would be going on, which is also why my
1: son has never seen Barney.
0: Yeah. Well he remembers the phone again and goes to his mom finally while they're still in this cage getting sucked into the water
1: and somehow she says she can't hear him but she catches sight b yeah river that's she catches sight b and river and from that she is able to do what she does later which that's my own that's my f-35 moment we'll get there i'm like what
0: the in the meantime the engine fails to catch and the spinosaurus attacks the boat the phone is knocked from Alan's hand. They are forced to take shelter in a caged area of the boat, but the spinosaurus persists in its attacks, puncturing the gas tank and tearing things up. When Ellie gets the phone, there's nobody there, but Charlie tells her it's the dinosaur man. Bemused, she does a call back, <laughs> Star 69, I guess, yeah, and the really. satellite phone starts ringing. A lucky tip of the side of the boat slides the phone to Alan's reach once again, but the spinosaurus has dislodged the cage from the boat and is knocking it into the water. While Ellie is asking if he's on the cell phone because the connection is so terrible. Alan only has time to shout, "Site B! And the river! Before he goes under and the call is disconnected. Little Charlie holds up his arms and growls at her. Dinosaur man! (laughs) Her face grows horrified and she begins dialing again. Who's she going to dial this time? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Who are you going to (laughs) call? Now, what's coming up? Maybe it starts off as my favorite scene and then ends up being my least favorite scene in the movie. Because it's just so Ludicous. stupid and unbelievable. So, as a Spinosaurus tumbles the cage in the water, seeking a way in, Paul is ejected from the cage. He surfaces, then swims towards a nearby shack with a tall crane over the water. He climbs it. And as the dinosaur has found a way to get a claw inside and has a bloody hold on Amanda showing her midriff because that's what we do with our sexy females, yep. he begins shouting and waving to attract its attention. It comes toward the crane, unnerving him as he tries to decide how to cope with the attention. But at least Amanda, Paul, and Alan have been able to climb out of the cage. Seeing Paul's plight, Alan dives underwater to retrieve the flare gun, which he magically saw <laughs> in nighttime water. <laughs> I love how when they shot that scene, it's
1: really bright.
0: Maybe it was it, glowing.
1: <laughs> it's incredibly bright. I'm like, I've been in water in nighttime. You can't f***ing see two inches in You can't see an inch in front of your face.
0: Yeah. When he Golly. surfaces, he fires directly at the reptile's head. It's a flare gun, <laughs> which doesn't phase it in the slightest, which anyone would know. But when the flare falls on the water, it ignites all the leaked fuel. Suddenly, flames leap up around the dinosaur and it knocks over the crane before leaving the scene. Amanda and Eric are devastated as it seems Paul is dead. But he emerges from the water nearby for a tearful reunion. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? I was just thinking (laughs) bulls**t. Yeah, he survived all that. Bathroom tile, man. Yep. (laughs)
1: He should go buy a lottery ticket. Yeah.
0: This whole thing reeks of people not knowing anything in the world. No, or how physics work. Yeah. Like, the fact that the the phone stayed on the boat ledge that whole time as it's being rocked back and forth. As their journey continues, they think they hear the ocean. Is that the ocean? They all start
1: running, but in the center (laughs) of a clearing, they are suddenly surrounded by raptors. Ah, they trapped them again. But do these raptors just instantly attack them and then take the eggs? Of course they do. That's what they've done in the last two movies, JC. Oh, no, no. They wait, and they have... A chat? A heart-to-heart? A heart-to-heart talk? <laughs> Alan says they want the eggs and orders the group to their knees in response to the raptor's challenge. Because subservience, they know what that is. Because mm-hmm. raptors always wait for people to kneel before they eat them. Oh, yeah. The raptor sniffs Amanda, evidently suspe- sus- suspecting her as the egg napper. Uh, this was interesting because I think they tried to make Taya Leone's character relevant. Yeah. Obviously the raptors are matrilineal. The woman is in charge because she's giving the orders to all the other guys. So she assumes that the woman is in charge, Taya Leone, and so Ta Leone has her nice moment. Why the f*** make her the damsel in distress if you're going to try to turn her into a powerful character? That's just... Even just better. Lazy. How
0: do raptors know which ones are the males and which ones are the females? Ooh, that is, that is a good guess. See, I thought that perhaps because... Uh, Doctor Alan Grant was right next to her, and the bag yes. was in between them. It looked like. Oh, so maybe she was just looking at the bag. I, maybe she was, like, or maybe they smelled the eggs, and they just happened to oh, pick so, her because so it does I, go to Alan first, and then it moves over to Taya Leone. So
1: I thought it was a matrilineal thing. Like I'm woman in charge. You must be woman in charge. Maybe it, you know. What, it,
0: maybe that's what they were going for. Also, though, yeah. we don't know. But anyway, it was, yeah, horribly
1: handled. Yeah. Alan gives her the eggs. Taya Leone or uh, sorry, Amanda pushes them forward with her eyes on the ground subserviently. Alan spies the the sounding model in the old bag and takes it out and blows it. The first call is way wrong, seemingly <laughs> setting the rappers on edge. But he quickly changes it to better effect. However, the raptors hear another noise entirely, so they call to each other, grab the eggs, and swiftly depart. The new noise, a helicopter.
0: Now, before we, that's
1: terrifying.
0: Before we get into this. I, when I watched this this time, I got something a little bit different than I didn't get before. Okay. First off, I noticed that he says, no, no, call for help. Call for help. He wasn't there when Alan made that comment that they were calling for help. No. So he wouldn't know. And I, I, and Unless it, they talked about it maybe and they're walking around. And again, that might have been a scene you want to put in there. Since it's only an hour and a half. <laughs> the second thing was that, let's just say that they have this discussion and he does call for help. then. My guess is that the Raptors perhaps are in packs on the island, okay, okay, and perhaps as he makes this call and they hear that, whatever that sound is, the Raptors, being as smart as they are, think, oh, this is another pack of Raptors coming. We need to get out of here. Yeah, that makes more sense. That's what I thought when I saw it this time, but before, I was like... Really, They're they recognize. Recog- I thought saw it as, oh, he's speaking raptor. He must be a raptor. Let's leave him alone.
1: That's a bit of a Barney Fife moment. Yeah,
0: it is. But this whole movie has
1: been Barney Fife. That's true. The group runs to the shore and sees a man with a megaphone.
0: Another megaphone on the island. (laughs) And he's standing all by
1: himself in a three piece suit. (laughs) Anyway, this man magically appears on the the beach with nobody around him and no plane that you can hear or see. Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant. The Kirby's run forward, waving their arms, saying it's a very
0: bad idea. Gotta love cheesy so jokes. The, the Kirby's figured it out finally.
1: Cheesy jokes throughout the movie.
0: Mind you, they're yelling back.
1: Yes. <laughs> However, the sole figure on the beach is quickly backed up by helicopters, troop landing ships, firepower, men. It's the it's the landing of on a beachhead. It's the army
0: and the navy.
1: <laughs> As they board the helicopter there, and for one more shocked, a bandaged but alive Billy is on a stretcher inside. As the choppers fly away, they are passed by a pteranodon flying free. Does anybody care or shoot it down? No. And but, but Ellie has superhuman friends in the government that are going to spend millions of dollars to save
0: three people. Everybody's kind of looking at the pteranodons outside the plane going, oh, that's that's This be- is pretty. That's beautiful. They're they going to just- destroy some shit. In a second. They,
1: look what they did to your friend who's laying
0: covered in bandages with blood everywhere. <laughs> not to mention, the military guys get off. The, they, get, they all got off the boats. They all got the, their fingers on triggers. That's not military tactic.
1: No. You come out with <laughs> guns up, finger on the outside, ready to pull the trigger. Yes. Okay. All right. So the movie's over. What did you think after watching this movie? This was not as good as I remembered it. What the f*** was I thinking?
0: Yeah. Like, I remember... Like, it's bad. We trashed Lost World hoping that this one would be okay. It's bad. And the sad thing, I love Alan Grant. I love Ellie. The
1: characters from the original movie are probably my favorite characters. The story, I still stand by that the idea, a boy gets lost and we need to go find him. I like that premise. Yeah. Boy, you... I feel like... I feel like people who were comedy writers tried to write a drama,
0: mm-hmm. and this was what they came up with. They couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't get out of their own way. I think, and I, I watched it last night, and first thing I thought was, wow, that was fast. Yeah. Like, I, we got, I got done with it last night. I was like, that was only an hour and a half? What am I going to do with the other half hour now? But I also felt like I just watched a TV movie, and not a Hollywood movie. No, that's true. Like, if this was a miniseries, a two-part miniseries on TV, I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. The, the special effects look that they look cheap, uh, yep. The story is... Not $93 million. Sh- the story is written shallowly enough for it to work on TV. Yep. Uh, in fact, if you, if you stop this movie at the Tyrannosaurus Rex being snapped, his head snapped, and you're like, that's part one, and you have the second part the next night, you've got a miniseries. It would work, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Things that worked well for you. I get, I'm
1: going to stick with the premise. It was a good premise. Yeah. Horribly handled. I like Alan Grant... As a character, mm-hmm. the situation he put, he was put in is not believable. His reactions to a lot of the situations were not believable. The Pteranodon scene was really cool. It was a cool scene. When that thing comes walking out of the mist, that was awesome. It yeah. was in the original book. Yep. The, the Pteranodon, so that's another thing where they recycled from the original book. It was cool to see that.
0: Uh, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie yeah, is the aviary. The aviary is probably my favorite scene, too. I'm left with really, yeah. Like when we think of the first the, movie, we think of that specific moment—the of the Tyrannosaurus Rex breaking through the cage. That's the yeah. what, In the second movie, you think of maybe the trailer, like the trailer up, yes. off the cliff, the glass breaking. In Here this it's movie, the aviary. It's the aviary.
1: Yeah. But outside of that, how you? The problem is, is that's a
0: cool scene. How we got there and what happened after make no f-ing sense. It yeah. It was like. Remember in Inside Out, when they, when they all run into that one building, and yeah. it, they keep walking through doors, and it turns them into different shapes?
1: Yes. It, it was di- like,
0: they got out of this situation, they walked the door, now they're in this situation. Now they're in this There's yep. no break time. There's no relaxing. And maybe that was the point. They wanted to make it like, this is a rescue. They're on an island without any fences or anything. Let's keep the action going. It's just
1: new problem after new problem after new problem.
0: Yeah. Yep. So what worked well for you? Uh, casting was good. I liked the cast. Yeah, I like the cast. They pick the right people to play the right characters. If that's what they want to make Taylioni be, then fine. That's what they want to make to be. I didn't like it, but okay. You need somebody to be stupid on the island for things to t- turn awry all the time. Yeah, I guess it's going to be the one woman on the island, right?
1: Yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah, the damsel in distress thing is a problem. It is a problem, and yeah. they do—they just do it horribly. They can have her make stupid mistakes without her appearing to be stupid. Yeah, like she was stupid, but. She was supposed to seemingly
0: be smart. She was stupid in that her actions screwed up the group. The father was stupid in that he just said stupid things, and his actions didn't affect the group. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's my biggest problem is that Whoa. all of her actions affected the groups. Things that didn't work, you want to start a list? <laughs> you, you, yeah, we don't
1: need to go into this. You've heard us throughout the whole thing with what didn't work.
0: Okay, I said earlier it was a great idea for a story. You said it. However, for a big-budget movie like this, you need to have a finished script to work off of. Otherwise, you're taking little scenes in your head and trying to tie them all together in a neat little bow, which is cute and all, but the character's actions weren't believable. Mrs. Kirby was the dumbest person in the room, and the fact that nobody checked the credentials of the Kirby family is ludicrous. The raptor is very different. The raptors are very different in this movie than they were in the first and second movie, and they try to pawn it off on their evolution on the island, but that takes millennia. It doesn't yeah, take so- three or
1: four years. Suddenly they have feathers and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot's changed in a short amount of time.
0: The audience for this movie, I put down if you love dinosaur, dinosaurs, this is for you. If you're a kid, you'll like this movie. But it's almost too scary and too dark for kids because it's almost a horror movie, so
1: this is one of those... Uh, <laughs> If you're complete, like I feel like I've said that a lot between Die Hard and between
0: the completionist theory,
1: I think these are this is a completionist movie.
0: It's unfortunately a movie you have to buy when you get the trilogy. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's like shit. I gotta add this one on too. Yep. it's like getting Batman, the Batman series from the eighty nine. Going okay, I want Batman and Batman and Rob or Batman and, uh, Returns. Yep. Those are the two I want. But instead, they also tack on Forever and Batman and Robin. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> f- I guess they're in my collection too. Yep.
1: <laughs> so what's your report card? D plus. I was, I was going to go D. Oh,
0: again. Yeah. I'm higher than you.
1: I was going to go D. I said this movie should not have been made. This
0: was a cash grab, and that's all it was.
1: Yeah, this, this, I, I have no idea how this was made for more money and looks so bad. In fact, I'm moving it down to a D. Yeah, this is, this, is a, I, it, this is a
0: D for me. Yeah, I'm moving it. It's not a complete failure. It has moments. Yeah. It's not unwatchable. It isn't unwatchable, Yeah, but they just
1: screwed up a lot.
0: Yeah, so you're giving it a D, I'm giving it a D. That means it's a D all around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next week, we will be reviewing the top movies released in July of all time. This is our bracket show. We put a bracket out there for everybody to fill out, so I'll let you know what the results are of that. Then we'll be doing Point Break 1991, and then following that, a week off, and then we do Caddyshack. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. We'll also be be releasing all of our Jurassic Park movies and a special Fallen Kingdom review uh, starring J.C., Joel, and myself. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and SoundJ Music for, for providing all music on the movie show. And thanks for listening to the Movie Planet podcast. And happy movie watching.